Let's pray together. Lord, as we look into your word this morning, again we ask, Holy Spirit of God, that you would speak to us. Lord, may we open our hearts and our minds, our spirits, our souls to you and hear from you through your word, through the Holy Spirit. We pray in his name. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What are your hopes for 2019? If you were to have one hope for this year, for yourself, it's not that Brexit will finally get sorted. That's, that's a miracle, not a hope. But if you were to have a hope for this year for yourself, what would it be? Why don't you just share with someone near to you what that hope might be? One thing that you hope at the end of the year. What do you think God's hope for you this year would be? If God was to set one goal for you this year, what do you think it would be? You can think about that for yourself. What about for us as a church here? If God was to say, Trinity Church, this is the goal for the coming year. This is what I want you to accomplish. What do you think it might be? A community? Holiness? Well, God's goal generally is always the same. Did you know that? He said in the Word, For God so loved the world that what did he do? How many of you know that off by heart? John 3, 16? Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's God's goal for you, eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? That's the difficult bit to explain. Well, you're lucky. Very fortunate, because you know what? Jesus explained it. I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm going to let Jesus do it. Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, Now this is eternal life. Let me give you the answer, Rich. Eternal life is that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And know here is, is the same word that was uh, Mary used when angel Gabriel came to Mary, remember, and said, you're going to be great with child. And she said, what? How can this be? Because I'm a virgin. I don't know a man. I, I haven't had sexual relationships. I haven't had intimacy with anyone. So Jesus is saying eternal life is that we may have intimacy with who? The Father and with Jesus. And implied with that in John 16 is that, that it happens through the Spirit of God. If you read John 16, the Spirit comes that we may know the Father, know the truth. He's called the Spirit of truth. And so God's aim for us this year, as is every year, as is everything in our lives, is that we may have that kind of intimacy with the Father, with Jesus Christ. It's always His goal. It's what God, Father, Son, and Spirit works for that we may have that kind of level of intimacy, that we may continue to grow and go deeper in our relationship with God. You want to know why some prayers are answered and some prayers are not answered? 
Think about this as a filter on your prayers. God's goal for you is that you may have a deeper relationship with God. Now, some of, sometimes we get sick. We become ill. We say, Lord, please heal me, heal me, heal me. Well, like Paul with his thorn in the flesh, sometimes God says, you know when you have greater intimacy with God? When you're in need. You pray more, you reach out more, you come to God more with more openness and with more vitality and, and urgency. When? When you're in trouble. So if God's goal is for you to come to him like that, why would he then say, oh yeah, I'll fix this problem, this problem, this problem, and this problem, and this problem in your life so you never have any more troubles? You know what will happen? You think you'll be close to God then? Not a chance. You'll say, thank you very much and go your merry way. Let me go on to Netflix and spend my year watching movies or whatever else you want to do. I'll go in the garden. I'll go do something else. I'll go on holidays. I'll go and do this, that, and the other. Now, sometimes God says, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to remove that from you because of his graciousness. But sometimes he says, you know what? I love the fact that you may be struggling in this area of your life because it draws you closer to me. Because you're constantly reaching out to me. Because there's an openness and a, a longing and an urgency and a, and a connection that if I just remove it like that, which I can do, what's going to happen? You're just going to walk away from me. And next time there's a problem, you'll come back. That's not kind of a relationship, is it? That's not how you get deeper with God. You see, this is the focus of God in your life. I've come that you may have, I sent my son to die on the cross so that you may have eternal life. And eternal life is what? That you will go deeper in your relationship with the Father and the Son through the Holy Spirit. That is what God is working for in your life, in my life, and in the life of the church. That's where God puts the energy and the effort and the focus. That's God's goal for you and for me and for his church. What does God want of you in 2019? Well, Jesus summarized it in these words. Somebody came to him, one of the leaders came, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, you know this? Love the Lord your God. Say it with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let's look at that a little bit closer. Really, what is God saying there? What is Jesus saying? Well, first of all, he's saying, be open. Be open to God, verse 37. Now, love in the Bible has two parts to it. There are two characteristics to love. Firstly, love is about commitment. The Bible is full about saying, love the Lord your God, but how do you show love? You show love in commitment. Love is being committed to someone. So many people, don't they? they say, we've fallen in love, and then you fall out of love. What do you mean? Well, 
We were committed, but now we're no longer committed. You love, if you've got children, you love your children, right? What does that love mean? Well, sometimes they're cute and they're wonderful and you just, you just want to hug them and go, oh, they're just amazing. Other times you would want them, let's not go there, but you know where I'm talking about. Just, but what does love mean? Love means you're committed to them regardless, right? Love is that consistency. Sometimes my two boys drive me crazy. Sometimes I'm so proud of them, but I love them anyway because I'm committed to them for as long as I live, as long as they live. That is love, that just ongoing commitment. You know that in friendships. You know that in any relationship. Jesus said it in the, the vine and the branches. If you, remain, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. It's about keeping, remaining. It's about that ongoing commitment, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The first part of love and openness is commitment. The second part is vulnerability. You have to be open. You need to be vulnerable to one another to demonstrate love. You need to be vulnerable so you can give love, vulnerable so that you can receive love. I spend uh, quite a number of hours each week counseling people, usually couples. And when I counsel couples, normally the problem is this. One, they're no longer committed to each other, which is why they're having problems. And secondly, there's no vulnerability. There's no openness between them. Usually by the time they come to see me, there are massive problems. And so all I do is I sit there and I listen to the guy going, well, she, 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 she. She's done this or she hasn't done that. She's this, she's that. And she sits there or and I sit there listening to her and he, 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 he's not done this, he's not done that. He should have done this, he should have done that. There's no we, there's no us in the whole evening or in the whole session with them. And I say, well, where, where's the we? Where's the us? Where's the open? Where's, where's the commitment? Where's the, where's the unity together? You're never going to get through this if you're just pointing your finger at the other person. And, let, and they're just pointing at you and you become more and more entrenched. Vulnerability, openness draws people together. You ever been with someone that, that's really hurting and you start sharing and then gradually you see them open up and they start sharing with you some of those deeper things? Dyatic effect. It's got, when you open, when you become vulnerable with someone else, it kind of gives them permission and an, they're drawn into that openness to become open with you. Vulnerability. We need to have that kind of openness with God. Because you know what? God has it with us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart. With all your soul and with all your mind. Basically, it's saying all your emotions, all your, all your, your will and, and your your attitude or with your, with your rational thinking, basically with everything that you are, have that commitment and openness to God. Why? 
because he has it with us. In John 16, but when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, what is he going to do? He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because he is from me. Sorry, he will, he will glorify me because he is from me, that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. God wants to open, reveal as much truth about God to you as is possible. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He said uh, uh, the Spirit's role is to, to make God known, to make Jesus known to you and me. He says that's, that's what he's here for. That's why the Spirit continues to work. God says, here, I'm open. I'm committed to you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I, I have plans for you. I, I'm going to stay looking after you your whole journey through. And I want to pour myself into you. I want to send my spirit so that everything about me may be known, made known to you. The question for us is, well, what is our response to that? What are we going to do? How responsive are you, am I, to God's Spirit, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Father? Love the Lord your God with everything you are. You know, to me, that's just mind-blowing when you think about it, that the, the creator of the universe wants to reveal to you everything that is possible for you to know about who he is. Isn't that mind-blowing when you stop and think about it? Why? Who are we? Like, I, I look at all of you and I think, you know what? You're not the most significant human beings that have ever lived and walked on this planet, and neither am I. Right? Well, who are we that the creator of the universe wants to to reveal truth and reveal himself, reveal everything that is possible to know, that we can comprehend, and that's why he sent his spirit, so that we may have that kind of level and depth of relationship. Who are we that God would do that for you and me? And how, how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to say, Lord, please, I accept, or, or what are we going to do? Love the Lord your God with everything you are. Be open to God. But Jesus carried on, didn't he? He didn't stop there. He said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's like it. It's similar. Be open to others. Why? Because that love that God wants to pour into you is not just for you. He wants to pour it through you into others. Now to do that, you need to be as connected and showing love, commitment, and vulnerability to others in the same way that you do to God. Right? If I didn't care about you, 
I, I could spend my week doing whatever I fancied doing, and I could walk in here. I could download a sermon off the net. I could stand here, do a service, walk out, and you don't see me again Sunday to Sunday, right? I could get my paycheck from the URC at the end of the month. You could say, David, can I come and see you? I've got this issue. No, I'm busy. Got other things to do. I could tell the office I'm working from home all week, so they didn't really know where I was. And I could actually do nothing at all, really, and come and just do a service on a Sunday. But let's can the other services. Don't like the 11 and the 1 anyway, so let's just do the 9.30. Let's make my life easy. And then I can uh, buy a couple of dogs and go walking in the hills all week. I could do that if I didn't care, couldn't I? But God says you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. In the same way that God loves me and I love God, I need to love you. The second it says is what? Like the first. There's a commitment and there's a vulnerability. Now, sometimes that commitment is terrible. I want to say, Lord, these people, just, Lord, change them. Do something. Get nice people in the church. Do something else. You know, whatever. You know that. You probably say that about your pastor, too. Lord, just get us a nice pastor. And you certainly don't want to be vulnerable. Because if I'm vulnerable to you, what's going to happen? Sooner or later, you'll hurt me. Or sooner or later, I'll hurt you. Because we're human. But what does God say? He says, you know what? When I pour my love into you, David, it's not for you. It's partly for you, but it's through you into others. So as I connect, as I become vulnerable and committed to God... I allow God to flow through me like a channel and into Marion or into Helen or into John and so on. As I open up that, that, that connection grows between me and God. So if I have the same love, the same commitment to the people that God has placed around me, not just in the church but in the community, your friends, your family, others around you, then what happens? The love of God can flow through you and into them. That's what God wants. We're not the end reserve of God's love. He says, be open to others. Become a channel of the blessing of God so that he can flow through you. Like that. You connect to God, so God can flow through you and connect into others. That's how it works. But the third thing he says, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Now the Bible assumes that you love yourself. And we do to a certain extent, right? Because... All of us, I hope, got up this morning and decided, you know what, a bit sweaty after a night's sleep, so I better have a shower before I come to church. Not very nice if I don't. Maybe those who are sitting on their own, maybe that's not true, but you know what I mean. I'm just joking. 
but we feed ourselves. How many of you have breakfast this morning? Why? Because you look after yourself, right? You didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, this stupid body, it doesn't need anything. No, you, you have drink, you, you feed it, you wash it, you look after it. Because when you get older, you want it still to be working as best as possible. But the Bible assumes that we, and it makes that assumption that we love ourselves, and we do it to a certain extent. But the thing is, that we suffer from two possible difficulties when we think about ourselves. One is pride, and the other is a sense of worthlessness. Those are the two extremes. Some people, you know these kind of people, they are so stuck up and think of themselves so highly, you just want to kick them in the shins. You know, you know who I'm talking about, right? You, you've seen those people. You've met them. All they ever talk about is themselves and how great they are and about who they know and about this and about that and what they've done. And you just think, get a life, right? Other people on the other end of the spectrum all they talk about is how useless they are. I've got nothing to offer. If only I just... And they're so downtrodden and downbeat that they think they have nothing, no worth at all. And most of us are probably somewhere oscillating between in the middle somewhere along the line. Biblical humility is that point where you know who you are in Jesus Christ. You know how special you are, but not because you're proud. As Paul said, I will boast nothing except the cross of Christ. You know that you are special because of God and what Jesus Christ has done for you. But the thing is this. Whatever you think about yourself... However far removed you are from that central point of biblical humility, it will limit the amount of love that can flow through you. People on the proud end of the spectrum don't have love flowing through them. That's why they talk about themselves. People who are beaten up at the bottom end of the spectrum have really so low self-esteem and feel worthless. They don't have that oh, capacity to allow the love of Christ to flow through them. Jesus says, love others as you love yourself. In other words, you have to get yourself bit right as well. And when you get all three of those right is when you see the full power of God, the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Right? It's about me connecting to the Father through the Son via the Holy Spirit. And making sure that that connection between me and the Godhead is growing and is healthy and is open and is committed. I make time, I make energy, effort, I put into making that commitment. But that's not enough. He said equally you need to make an effort and time and energy to be committed to the people around you. So that God can flow through me and his love into others. But equally, make sure that I myself 
and where I need to be in Christ. Right? It's like, think of it like this. How many of you ever had a blocked drain at home? If you have a home, you must have had a blocked drain. Disgusting, isn't it? Horrible. Especially when you start pulling bits. Oh, let's not go there. That'll put you off your lunch. But like, we are like those, 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 those drains, right? This is probably a bad, I'm making this up as I'm going along, but this is a bad illustration. But like, if, if we don't have a healthy image of ourselves, it's like we're filling it with gunk. If I have too much pride, pride is sin, and therefore I'm squeezing that hole. It's like getting smaller and smaller. The ability of God's love to flow through it is restricted because of my pride. If, if I have such a low self-esteem that I think I'm worthless, I'm limiting what God can flow through me. Because I'm going, well, why would God do that to me? Why, why would he choose me? Why am I going to be? And I won't allow the Spirit of God to flow through me. Which is why we need to be open to God, open to others, and open to ourselves. That's why Jesus said this is the greatest commandments. You get this right, everything else will follow. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Because God loves you, loves your neighbor, and loves flowing his presence in and through you for his glory. What do you think of you? I love that picture. Isn't that cool? A little kid looking at themselves in a mirror. What do you really think about yourself? So what can we do this year to grow? We're going to look together over the next number of weeks, months, at a passage in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 describes, well, let me show you the beginning of it. Sorry, that's Ephesians. That's talking about Revelation. We won't do that. Oop. It says, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on the things above. And what it does after this is that it describes for us things that we could need to remove, unblock the drain in our lives, okay? These are the things that are blocking you from the fullness of the love of Christ that he wants to fill in you. So let's take those away. And it's, on the other hand, it says, clothe yourselves with these other things. Do these things, and it will help you to grow, and that, that, that pipe, if you like, will expand in your lives. So we're going to look together at this passage, following on from Colossians uh, 3, 4, the rest of that passage. Things that we need to remove, and things that we need to focus on in our lives so that we can grow in the love of God that he wants to grow through each one of us this year. We're going to do that in a number of ways. Firstly, every week when we do this in the, in the sermon series, if you go online on a Wednesday, probably there'll be a podcast that will introduce that particular topic for the coming week. Just be really short, two or three minutes. 
just to get us thinking about it. Then on the Sunday, following that, we'll look at the particular passage and we'll think more deeply. There's questions afterwards. I've got questions for you today. Take them with you. They'll be on the website as well. Take them away. Use them in tag groups. Use them on yourselves. Use them. Go for a coffee with someone. Go chat with them. Think about it more deeply. So often we come and we think on a Sunday and then we go away and we forget all about it. People come to me and they even say, oh, you know what you preached last Sunday? I can't remember. I'm too busy. It's already Wednesday. I can't remember. What was I doing last Sunday? I don't know. Because our lives are like that sometimes. But if we have these questions, we can keep them in the Bibles. We can look at them. We can just reflect on them and help the message of God to go deeper into our lives. God wants us this year to grow. He wants to reveal himself to you and to me. He wants us to have that kind of healthy life. Question is, how committed are we to it? Are we going to make the time and the energy? Are we going to have the consistency to allow God to do what he wants to do? Or not? Let us pray. Lord, you want us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind. In the Old Testament, instead of mind, you put strength. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, I ask this year that you would teach us really what that means. As we look in through the book of Colossians chapter 3, to take off certain things, to add certain things, or, or develop certain characteristics in our lives. Lord, I pray right now that we may grow deep in you. You are open, you are committed to us. May we reflect that commitment and that openness to you and to one another and to ourselves this coming year. And so fulfill the goal that you have for us to grow deeper and deeper into you. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.